Luke chapter 16. Today we're going to talk about one God and uh, in uh, preparing for this series, this is kind of the uh, one of two of the, the two topics that I was uh, immediately planning on covering and uh, excited to get to this sermon here today. Luke chapter 16, let's read in verse number 13. Uh, this might be very familiar, but let's read it nonetheless. It says, No servant can serve two masters, for either he will hate the one and love the other, or else he will hold to the one and despise the other. You cannot serve God and mammon. I like the, uh, the setup of this verse. As it gives to us very clearly that we can't serve two masters. Then on top of that it says you'll either hate the one and love the other or hold to the one and despise the other. So it's very clear. It's, you've got to pick one. And then at the very end of the verse there's a period after other and then it has a sentence for us just kind of spelling it out very clearly again for us. You cannot serve God and mammon. It, it does not work. You cannot do it. Uh, there is only one God, and there can only be one God in your life, and you have to determine uh, what that will be or who that will be. Lord, I pray for your help this morning as we have faithful church members here today. And uh, Lord, it's, it's as though we're preaching to the choir, so to say. But God, I pray that today that these verses will uh, touch our hearts, Lord, that they will, uh, again, help us, grow us, draw us closer to you, encourage us, and challenge us. And Lord, I pray that as I present these verses, that you will help me to do so clearly and correctly, I pray in Jesus' precious name. Amen. So here in Luke chapter 16, and we see a familiar verse also in uh, Mark that's very similar to this in Mark 6. But uh, we have uh, here this, this, again, laid out for us very clearly that when it comes to our life, we can only have one God in our life. We cannot have uh, share God with other priorities. It doesn't work that way. Well, there is only one God, and we must understand it so that we can properly live for Him. So three things this morning. For, uh, three things, yeah, three things this morning. Number one, there's only one God to serve. There's only one God to serve. In Luke chapter 16, verse 13, we just read this, that no servant can serve two masters. Uh, you've got to, to pick uh, which master you're going to serve. Joshua said, uh, uh, choose ye this day who you will serve. As for me and my family, we will serve the Lord. It's a choice that has to be made, as with most things in life. It's a choice that has to be made that I am only going to serve the one and true God and nothing else. The word mammon here used in verse 13, also used in Mark chapter 6, is this, the idea of wealth or possessions. Is specifically what it's speaking to here. You can look forward, we're not going to, uh, but to see the, uh, the context of the passage in the previous verses in Luke 16, it talks about riches uh, a lot here. And, uh, and then it comes to this point where you cannot serve God and mammon. And I want us to think of that on the mindset of God or possessions. Because in today's time, in, in, in our church, we're not, we're not struggling with serving God Almighty and the Son God. We don't have that problem. Or serving God Almighty and, and, and an idol in our home. We're not struggling with that today. Uh, and there are people in the world that do. Uh, but in this church, that's not an issue for us. So why would we spend a lot of time on that? We won't. But God says you cannot serve God and mammon, God Almighty 
and the things of this world, the possessions that you're seeking for. Isn't it amazing that God knows, He knows everything, but He, he knows and, and knew that in this year, 2019, one of the biggest struggles that a Christian would have would be with wrong priorities. Prioritizing the things of this world, the gain of this world, over the things of God. Because that's where we're at in a Christian society today, is that the church and people within the church so oftentimes have got their priorities wrong. And so what they're doing is they're trying to gain the same things that their lost co-workers are trying to gain instead of trying to gain the things of God. In Matthew 6, and verse 19 and 20, the Bible says, Lay not up for yourselves treasures upon earth, where moth and rust doth corrupt, and where thieves break through and steal. But lay up for yourselves treasures in heaven, where neither moth nor rust doth corrupt, and where thieves do not break through nor steal. And verse 21 says, For where your treasure is, there will your heart be also. So God lays out for us in Matthew chapter 6, that's a sermon that Christ is preaching, the Sermon on the Mount. And in this sermon that He's preaching, He's telling the folks there, and then through inspiration, giving it to us now, saying, don't lay up for yourselves treasures upon earth. Don't spend your life seeking to gain as much as you can on this earth, because it's going to be corrupted someday. Moth and rust uh, can corrupt them. The things that you have, a flood can ruin everything in your house. A tornado can destroy it all. Uh, thieves can break in and steal. We had that happen a year and a half, two years ago now, uh, at our house where someone broke into the house and they took things. And it was right after, uh, or not long after, I had received one of the things they took from my wife, I think for Father's Day. Uh, was it Father's Day that you got me that? Was it Christmas? So it had been a while before that. But it still felt like so recent. And, and it was kind of that mindset of, well, I spent money on that. <laughs> and now it's gone and we're never going to see it again. And uh, that's the things of this earth that's going to happen. It can be gone just like that. It can be destroyed in an instant. So we know of people that have been through house fires and lost everything. People who have been robbed and lost things. Things that have been ruined over time. You leave something sitting in the windowsill if it's a picture and the sun can fade it away and it, and it changes the color on it. If something gets water on it and it gets ruined. All those kinds of different things. And God says, don't waste your time. Literally, do not waste your time storing up treasure on this earth. It will do you no good. All the money that you gain on this earth, uh, uh, when you die, it, it does nothing for you. It might help your family afterwards, sure. But for you personally, all that time that you've spent working, trying to gain it, when you die, it, it does you no good. Many celebrities have died, uh, what many would say, too early. In their 30s, in their 40s, in their 50s, in their 20s, uh, or before. And we see it tragically oftentimes to, uh, um, to, to drugs or alcohol playing a role in it and different things like that. And what you find is, is depression. You find people who are seeking for happiness and they can't find it anywhere. And they've got all the money in the world, but it did nothing for them. And when they died... I guarantee you it did nothing to help them. And God says, don't waste your time serving possessions, serving this priority of gaining here on this earth because it will do you no good. It says in verse 20 of Matthew 6, lay up for yourselves treasures in heaven. Think about eternal reward. Think about what God desires for you and lay up treasures there, uh, 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 working to please God. 
And verse 21 tells us, for where your treasure is, there will your heart be also. Where your priority is, that's where your time is focused. That's where your energy is going. That's where your love is. And so if your treasure is, is gaining position, uh, title at work, finances, raises, uh, uh, becoming a millionaire, those kinds of things, if that's what you're going for, that's where all your time, all your energy, and all your love is going. That means that God who's deserving of your love doesn't get it. God who's deserving of your time doesn't get it. That means that uh, relationships that are important to you that God has placed in your life, the love is not there because it's somewhere else. That the time that is supposed to be spent there is not there because it's somewhere else. It goes deeper than, than just God Himself, but the things that God has ordained in your life, the things that God has placed in your life, they do not get the proper time and the proper, proper effort that it's supposed to have because your treasure is in the wrong place. Where your treasure is, there will your heart be also. And your heart can only be on one. You can say, well, I do really good at balancing out my love for money and my love for God. Well, that's not what the Bible says. You may think you're doing a good job at it, but God says you're either going to hate the one and love the other, hold to the one, despise the other. You can't serve God and mammon. Your heart can only uh, be on one. Colossians 3, 2 says, Set your affection on things above, not on things on the earth. What are you setting? It, it, again, it's a choice. It's a choice we have to make. It's, it's a decision. I'm going to love God the way that I'm supposed to. I'm going to serve God the way that I'm supposed to. I'm going to set my affections, place my affections on things above, on the things of God, and not on the things of this earth. I get asked oftentimes, have you seen this show? And I say, no. <laughs> and they go, oh, well, you would really like it. I said, no, I probably wouldn't. <laughs> More than likely, uh, I would not. And uh, they don't understand, well, why wouldn't you make time uh, to, to, see, to see this program? Well, it's, it's bad, <laughs> plain and simple. It's, it doesn't take long to figure out that it's bad. I've been told that it's bad by bad people. Therefore, I know it's really bad. Uh, and so, uh, so their affection is on that and on, on conversation at the workplace. It seems silly and it seems simple, but some people have their affection on being able to fit in at work, being able to hold a conversation about the same thing they're talking about. And so they set their affections on things they should not uh, and their priorities are wrong. Uh, the Bible says in Job 27, 8, For what is the hope of the hypocrite, though he hath gained when God taketh away his soul? Sadly, today many Christians are hypocrites because they, uh, they, they, they claim that they love God, they claim that they serve God, yet uh, they are trying to do everything to, to fit in to please other people and not God himself. And Job says, uh, what is the hope of the hypocrite? He had gained here on this earth, but he's lost what's most important. Didn't set his affections where they're supposed to be. Didn't choose to serve God. Exodus 20, verse 3, in the Ten Commandments, says, Thou shalt have no other gods before me. At that time, and, and that Israel uh, group of people, this, this was, uh, uh, I think, more so towards the idols and the idolatry they learned in Egypt and that they, God knew they were going to struggle with in the many years to follow. But again, in today's time, we don't struggle with the idols that the Israelites struggle with, but we struggle with still the same sins that the Israelites struggled with, with placing other things above God, with, with having our, our treasure in the wrong place, our priorities in the wrong place. And God says, you can't do it. 
it, it is, it is, it is a, a top of the line that I am the only God that you should worship. I am the only priority that you should have. Isaiah 44, 6, God says, I am the first and I am the last, and beside me there is no God. I am it. There's only one God to serve. It's not your employer. It's not your pocketbook. Does anybody use that term anymore? Uh, wallet, money clip, whatever it is. It's not that. It is me. I am the only God, the only one that is worthy of worship, the only one that is worthy of servant uh, of being served, the only one that is worthy of your praise. It is me, and there's only one God to serve. You, it, when you love this world and the things of this world, what you're saying is, I hate God. You say, well, no, I would never say that. Well, the Bible says that you'll either hate the one and love the other. So when it comes to serving, if you're not serving God wholeheartedly, what you are doing is you are hating God. And I don't, I don't know a single Christian who would ever admit to hating God. They would never even think in their mind that I hate God. But when they serve, and when we don't serve God, and we serve this world or the things of this world, God's saying, I'm being hated. You can't love me and the things of the world. It's light and darkness. It doesn't mix. It doesn't work that way. You either love me, and if you love me, keep my commandments, he says. It's, it's by the keeping of God's commandments. It's by the following God. It's by obeying God that God says, I know that you love me. And here, uh, we, we spend so much time uh, on this earth assuming and thinking that we, we are the ones that, that have figured it out. I can work for the things of this world and still love God at the same time because I'm being faithful in church. Maybe I'm even being faithful in my Bible reading. But God says, your priority is wrong. I am the only God that you should be serving, not the things of this world. You cannot serve God and mammon. There's only one God to serve. Number two, there's only one God who saves. One God who saves. Isaiah 43, 11 says, I, even I, am the Lord, and beside me there is no Savior. He says, I'm the only one that can save. John 14, 6, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man cometh unto the Father but by me. Nothing can save you in this world other than God. Ephesians 2, 8 and 9, familiar verses and ones I always come to and one that I should have went to and failed to with someone earlier this week. But it says, For by grace are you saved through faith, and that not of yourselves it is the gift of God, not of works, lest any man should boast. There's a couple things in these verses that I think are, are crucially important. Um, Number one, it gives us the idea in both of these verses that, that we cannot work our way to heaven. Uh, I, I met a lady uh, through work, and uh, I was there uh, to, to, uh, at their house. They had called us, and they had, had bugs. She shared with me. We got to talking, and she was a Methodist, and her husband's a Pentecostal. And she said, now I'm a Methodocostal, Meth something like that. And uh, she said, when we got married, I told my husband that we'd go to his church one week and go to my church the next week. And, and uh, well, we never went back to my church. Uh, so I was always going to his church and, and uh, all this kinds of stuff. But she said multiple times in the conversation, I just hope I can get to heaven. And she said multiple times in the conversation, I just got to be good enough. And I failed to, to give to her at that moment the gospel and going back later to treat her house and praying for the, the opportunity to make amends. But uh, that's, a sad, that's a sad way to live. I had another friend that I had the opportunity to have a conversation with, and he asked me, he said, 
He said, am I going to hell because of this? Uh, a, a thing in his life that he does. And I said, no, that's not the reason. Um, and and uh, he said, well, that doesn't make me feel good. And I said, well, that's not one sin. Only that sin that sends you to heaven. It's all sin that sends us or to hell. Excuse me. It's all sin that sends us to hell. It's the sin that, that we are born with that sends us to hell. We're, we're, we're destined for it because of it. Uh, but, as this verse tells us, that God's offered us a gift of salvation, and anyone who receives and accepts that gift, they can go to heaven. There's many people out there today who are good people, but are lost as lost can be. They don't understand the gospel. They, they don't read this verse and they don't, they don't see where the Bible clearly lays out for us that it's nothing that I can do. It's not of yourself. Why? Because then I can boast on it. If I did it, then I can boast about it. Look what I did. But God says it's not that. He says it's not by works. There's no, you, know, you can't be good enough to get to heaven. It's by grace through faith. It's faith in what, that God's grace is sufficient enough. It's the understanding that what God did in the gift that He sent in His Son Jesus dying on the cross to pay the penalty that has to be paid for sin. And it's through faith in that grace that we can be saved that God says, my grace is sufficient. He tells us that in the Bible. It is sufficient. He's the only one that can save. Nothing that I can do. It's not just the knowledge of God. James 2.9 says, even the devils know that God is real, that God exists, who God is. It's not just knowing that God exists and that Christ died on the cross for my sins. It's not just the knowledge. The Bible says it's by grace through faith. Galatians 2.21 says, I do not frustrate the grace of God, for if righteousness come by the law, then Christ is dead in vain. And in this passage, what, what, what God gives to us here is, is I cannot be good enough for heaven. It's God's righteousness and God's righteousness alone that can save me or that, that, uh, that I can... My righteousness will never be good enough for heaven. Only God's righteousness is. And it's by grace, through faith, that we can have heaven as an eternal home. Acts 4.12 says, Neither is there salvation in any other. There's only one God who can save. There are people in this world who believe that the God of money can save them. If I give enough money to good enough places, then God will say, hey, he tried. They were good enough people. They, they maybe didn't, didn't earn their money in a great way, but they gave their money in a great way, so therefore, I'll let them have it. Why? Because their entire life, money has been able to buy them what they wanted. Can't get your kid into school? What do you do? You pay the school. You donate thousands of dollars to the school and your kids get in. We saw that in, in, with celebrities in the last year that, that are in trouble with the law and schools that are in trouble with the law because they had parents, celebrity parents and others, rich people, who their kids couldn't make it into the school so they paid their way in. So why do they think that money can buy their way into heaven? Because it's bought their way into everything else in life. But that same money can buy them a Bible and they can open up and they can read for themselves that the money's not going to get them there. There's only one God who saves and none other. Number three, one God to serve, one God who saves. Number three, there is only one God who cares about you. Would you turn with me to 1 Timothy chapter 2? <clears throat>
There are a lot of gods that people pray to. There's a lot of gods that people serve. But none of those gods care about them the way that God cares about us. If you have the God of money, um, the money doesn't care about you. doesn't have a soul. If you serve and pray to Muhammad, Muhammad is dead. He does not care about you. To Buddha, he doesn't care. Doesn't exist. But our God does. 1 Timothy chapter 2, look in verse uh, number 3. The Bible says, For this is good and acceptable in the sight of God our Savior, who will have all men to be saved and to come unto the knowledge of the truth. For there is one God and one mediator between God and men, the man Christ Jesus, who gave himself a ransom for all to be testified in due time. These verses are, to me, is such an encouragement. There's one God, God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. We're not talking about the Trinity today, but it is one God. And God gave His Son, Jesus, and Jesus gave life. And here in these verses it says that uh, God cares enough that when Christ came, and Christ it tells us in the Bible that when Christ came, it's because God so loved the world. God doesn't hate any person. God despises sin. He cannot stand it. It sickens him. God, God hates sin so much that he tells the Christian that when you're living your life in a lukewarm fashion, meaning that you're, I believe, living in sin and trying to, to still be the Christian that everybody thinks you are, God says, I spew you out of my mouth. It disgusts me. Not only all sin, but especially when a Christian sins, it just makes me sick. But God says that uh, here there is one God and one mediator between God and men, the man Christ Jesus, that same Christ Jesus who gave himself a ransom for all to be testified in due time. God cares about us. So much so that he sent his son Jesus for us. There is no explaining, there is no greater love than a, that a man lay down his life for his friend. Now think about that for a moment. Because I believe that God is your friend, and I believe that God is my friend. And God loved me enough that He gave Himself for me. He cared about me in a way that no one else has ever cared about me. God cared about you in a way that no one else has ever cared about you. Your parents love you. If you have children, your children love you. If you have a spouse, your spouse loves you. But I promise you, they do not care for you the way that God does. It should be what we strive for in a relationship. God is our example, but no one has ever cared for me the way that God has. God wants what is best for you. So oftentimes we read the Bible, we pray, we ask God for wisdom, and He gives us an answer, gives us wisdom, and we go, but God, I don't see how that works out well for me. It seems like it would be better if I do this, or easier if I do this. Don't you think that makes more sense, God? <laughs> God says, no. This is what I've told you, and this is what is best for you. Jeremiah 29, 11, For I know the thoughts that I think toward you, saith the Lord, thoughts of peace and not of evil, to give you an expected end. God says, I, I have a plan for you. I know what I want you to do. I know how I want you to do it. And the result of it is peace and not evil. It's good for you. Why? Because God cares. Isaiah 58, 11 says, And the Lord shall guide thee continually 
and satisfy thy soul in drought, and make fat thy bones, and thou shalt be like a watered garden, and like a spring of water whose waters fail not. I'm going to read that again. Listen carefully. The Lord shall guide thee continually, and satisfy thy soul in drought. I've never gone through a drought before, thankfully. Uh, I've never gone through a drought where there couldn't find water anywhere. But I can understand, as I have watched enough cartoons in my life, that when you don't have water, you get very thirsty. And you begin to drag your body along the sand because you can't find water anywhere. And you're just, you can't even talk because you're so thirsty. I just need some water. God says, I will satisfy thy soul in drought. When there is no water to be found, I will give you water. He says, I will make fat thy bones. If there's a drought, then that means all the plants are gone. That means all the animals are died and rotting. There's nothing around. And God says, yet even in the drought, I will make you fat. See, it's okay. Uh, God says, I will supply your every need. I will satisfy your need. I will care for you. Why? Because he does care about us. You think of the thousands of Christians in the world today compared to the millions of people in the world. It's not very many. But think of the thousands of Christians in the world today and to know that God cares about me just as much as he cares about anyone else. We joke about, uh, hopefully it's a joke, about parents having favorite children. And they, you know, they, they care, they, I, my sister, you know, oh, my dad, his favorite's my sister. I think if you're a dad, your daughter holds a special place in your heart. I know my dad loves me as much as he loves my sister, but I've experienced and seen families where you go, oh, that poor kid. His parents seem to treat the other kids better than that kid. I've been in uh, educational systems where you see uh, some students are favored as opposed to other students. It's not that the teacher dislikes or hates the other students. It's just they, have, they favor certain ones. God doesn't favor us. He cares about us equally. And He completely shows us throughout the Bible that as we are obedient to Him, and as our relationship is right with Him, He's going to care for us for our every single need. Even in drought, we'll be satisfied. Even in drought, we'll be healthy. God will care and take care of us. And He is the only God. And on top of that, the only, if I can use the term, being that cares for us that way. I'll do everything I can to make sure my family has something to eat. But at the end of the day, my resources can expire. My resources can run out. God's does not. There is no person in this world that cares for you the way that Jesus does, the way that God does. He cares for us. He proved it in His love for us in sending Jesus to die for us. He shows it in the way that He provides for us. And I tell you, uh, uh, especially over the last five and a half years, I have seen God do more for me uh, personally. And it has become more real to me personally because I've watched God care for me in a way that no one else could. I watched it my entire life, God take care of my family and care for my family but it has become more real to me and I can look back and see it even better now of how God did it in the past. But it has been become so real to me to watch how God cared about me. 
I've been uh, frustrated by the way that I've been treated by some, my fellow pastors. I've been frustrated by uh, uh, people who, who claim to care, and then yet when you, when you go for help, and they're not there to help. I've been frustrated by different things in my life, but, but I can always come back to this fact. I know without a shadow of a doubt that God cares about me. Why? Because of how He's cared for me. And God has consistently provided for my needs and this church's needs. I, I cannot tell you how many times in the first three years of this church that we, we seriously asked God, are we doing what we're supposed to be doing? And any time I was, I was close to thinking about quitting, God said, hey, I care for you. And he proved it. We have to understand that the God that we serve is, is one of a kind. There is nothing like God. There is only one God that we can serve. We cannot serve the gods of this world, the possessions of this world. We cannot serve the, the desires of this world or the desires of the flesh. God says you can either serve me or you don't serve me. It's that simple. You either are serving me or you're not. You can't divide your service. You either hold to the one and despise the other. Or you hate the one and you love the other. You cannot serve God and mammon. There's only one God to serve. There's only one God who saves, and I believe we understand that uh, in this building today. Nothing else can save us but God. I cannot be good enough. I cannot do enough works. I cannot give enough money. Uh, I cannot, uh, on my own, get heaven. By the way, if I could, then on my own I could lose heaven. And the Bible says that once we are placed in the Father's hand, He holds on to us and nothing can pluck us out. And the people who believe that you can lose your salvation, I guarantee you they believe that you can gain your salvation. And that's not the way the Bible teaches us. God saves us and God keeps us. Only one God can do that, and it's our God. It's the God of the Bible. And only one God cares about you. Please understand this, because in this world where we can get discouraged so easily... We can, we can watch people who, who were supposedly godly people fall and fail, and, and we go, boy, if they, can, if they can fall into that, that's scary. We can watch people in their pride. We can watch people in their selfishness. We can watch people in their, uh, um, their egos. We can watch people in different sins. <clears throat> and it can, it can really be discouraging sometimes. Don't depend on people to care for you. Depend on God to care for you. Because He is the only one who will not let you down. My wife is a great wife. I think that she's the best I ever had. Uh, and uh, uh, I, could, I could talk a lot about her, but I'd probably start crying, and then she'd start crying, and it would just be a mess. So we won't do that today. But my wife cares for me well. She does a great job with it. But there are times where she can't care for me the way uh, that I need at that moment because she's human and because she doesn't have the access to the things that God does at all times. So don't depend on your spouse to care for you. Depend on God to care for you. And then depend on God to help you care for other people because our world is desperately in need of God's love today. 
they're desperately in need of the truth of the Bible because today there are many people spouting what they claim to be truth, but it's not. And they need you to care for them the way God cares for you. And only God can do that. And God can help you to do your part of what you're supposed to be as well. There's only one God. We could spend days, weeks, months uh, just preaching about God as we do every week in different ways. But today I hope this can encourage us. There's one God to serve. Choose you this day who you're going to serve. There's only one God who saves. Don't depend on yourself and help other people understand that as well. And there's only one God who cares about you and no one else cares about you the way that Jesus does. What a wonderful um, opportunity that we have with having God as our Savior, with having God as our Father, with having God as our God that we can lean on Him to know I've got it the best if I'll simply look to Him. Father, help us today. We consistently fail You. Our eyes uh, focus on the storm sometimes instead of You. Our eyes focus on the potential gain instead of You. Oftentimes we lay up treasures on this earth even though we know that one day they're going to, to be uh, destroyed, yet still we seek for it too often. Lord, I pray that today you would set our hearts where it should be, or that our treasure should be on you. We are seeking the things of you. God, that today if we're serving something other than you, I pray that today we'd put an end to that and simply serve you. Lord, I pray that today... I've heard the testimony of everybody in this room. We would understand that, that only one God can save. And Lord, may we be faithful in sharing it with other people. God, forgive me and forgive us for the times we've failed to share the gospel. God, help us to, to share openly with people that our God can save and He is the only one that can do so. God, I also pray that You'd help us and encourage us through the thought that You are the only one who cares for us the way that you do. That no one in this world can care for us that way. And God, I pray that in times that, that, that our minds go dark, Lord, that we feel down or depressed, discouraged. God, that we will remember you do care about us. That you're the shepherd who protects us and provides for us. And you lead us to where we need to be. And, and when, we, when we wander off, you come and find us. Lord, you care about us like none other. May it be real to us today. I'm so thankful for the many years of being able to see your care over my family and over this church now. God, may we never forget just how much you care for us. God, thank you for being our Father. Thank you for loving us and being an example to us on how to love those around us. And God, may we leave here today motivated to share with the world about this one God that can do what no one else can do or has done or ever will do. Lord, may we give you the glory for the things in our lives. Lord, may we be faithful to you. And God, I pray that you would continue to bless this church, that this church will faithfully lift you up to our community. And help us as we move forward in trying to seek more ways, the right ways, what you desire for us in reaching this community and in reaching this world. Lord, thank you for being a God that we can serve 
that we can obey, and that we can trust unlike anything else. All because you loved us first. Lord, we pray these things and we ask for your help and the changes that we need to make in our lives today. I pray that we do so. And Lord, we'll give you all the praise and all the honor for it. We pray this in Jesus' precious name. Amen.